Up next is a daily devotional by Pastor Tim Dotson, pastor of JF Believers Church in Menominee, Wisconsin. Subscribe to our podcast by visiting burningdogradio.com and clicking on subscribe. Thanks for listening to Burning Dog Radio. Matthew chapter 27. Verse 33 says, When they came to a place called Golgotha, that is to say the place of a skull, they gave him sour wine to drink and mixed with gall. When he tasted it, he would not drink. And when they crucified him, they divided his clothing among them, casting lots. Now in his weakened state, Jesus no doubt buckled under the weight of the cross and the strain of the flogging. With Simon now carrying the cross, Jesus is delivered to Golgotha, where some people believe that his ministry at that point came to an end. But there are also those of us that clearly see this event very differently. In fact, I and others like me believe it was there on that hill that the ministry of Jesus Christ came to his triumphant crescendo. It wasn't like he was surprised to be there after all. In fact, he had been planning that day for several thousand years. It wasn't the end, but rather the culmination of his salvation master plan. Isaiah 53, 5 says, The punishment that brought our peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. Verse 36 says, And they sat and watched him there. They set up over his head the accusations against him, written, This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Then there were two robbers crucified with him, one on his right hand and one on the left. Now it's ironic how despite all of the elaborate efforts on the part of the Pharisees to kick him down, that they crucified Jesus with this title over his head. Even with this great coordinated effort, Jesus triumphed with the designation of king. And can there be any denying it? Furthering the fulfillment of prophecy, Jesus was crucified between two thieves. Isaiah 53:12 foretells, quote, And he was counted with the transgressors, yet he bore the sins of many and made intercession for the transgressors. His intercession is described in Luke's account where there is a verbal interaction between Jesus and these two thieves, resulting in one rejecting him and one embracing his salvation. Within 24 hours, one of those thieves was no longer on a cross of judgment and shame, but rather he was in paradise. Even under the extreme position of pain and humiliation, Jesus was still doing his job He was still fulfilling his calling and his destiny. He was leading men still, even one at a time, to paradise. Verse 39 says, Those who passed by blasphemed him, wagging their heads, and saying, You who destroy the temple and built it in three days, save yourself. If you are the Son of God, come down from the cross. Likewise, the chief priests also mocking with the scribes, the Pharisees and the elders said, He saved others, but he can't save himself. He is the king of Israel. Let him come down from the cross now, and we will believe in him. He trusts in God. Let God deliver him now. If he wants him, 
for he said, I am the Son of God. The robbers also were crucified with him and cast on him the same reproach. Now, even at this point, the enemies of Christ continued to mock and ridicule. In doing so, these would show us that misquoting Jesus is nothing new in our day. These that passed by were verbalizing their trumped-up excuses for not acknowledging and not loving the king of the Jews. Notice again that they came in number. And that's pretty much the same as the days in which we live. I mean, birds of a feather flock together, and we know that there is, quote, strength in numbers, end quote. Man has always moved to surround himself with like-minded souls, especially when we are in need of a bolster to stand against those voices that are telling us that we are wrong, even if those very voices come from inside ourselves. Jesus would indeed make good on his promise that he would build again in three days the temple that was torn down. The temple that he spoke of, of course, was the temple of his body. Verse 45 says, Now from the sixth hour there was darkness over all the land until the ninth hour. Now why it was dark, we do not exactly know. But it is recorded here in such a way as to lead us to believe that it was certainly not a normal occurrence, but rather a supernatural event. I wonder if those who were present with him that day were beginning now at this point to get a little concerned. It does seem fitting though, doesn't it? No other state of natural world would so adequately demonstrate the anguish of that moment. Verse 46, about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, Limai Sabachthani. That is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken? Now herein we have record of the greatest pain of the crucifixion. It was not the flogging or the humiliation, not even the act of physical crucifixion. Rather, it was the departure of the presence of God. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Verse 47, some of them who stood there, when they heard it, said, This man is calling Elijah. Now Jesus cried out, quoting Psalms 22. And in the pain of being alone for the first time in his life, Jesus, for Jesus, it was almost too much to bear. For us, why, the presence of God often seems almost optional in our day. God, facing the whole embodiment of sin in its totality, did what he had to do. He did what he must do. He turned away from sin. Because you see, Jesus wasn't just carrying the sin of mankind. At that moment, he became the sin of mankind. Verse 48 says, Immediately one of them ran and took a sponge, filled it with vinegar, put it on a reed, and gave him a drink. The rest said, Let him be. Let's see whether Elijah comes to save him. Now Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and he yielded up his spirit. John tells us what Jesus cried out in his last words was, it is finished. What was finished? Well, the battle, the struggle of man, the corporate bondage, to sin, the constant sacrifices, the death, the pain, the no way out that we all faced. It is finished. And Jesus won. 
Oh, but he won not just for himself, but for me and for you. You win today, and all you have to do is walk up to the winner's circle and claim your prize. Now, you may be saying, I ran, but I lost. Well, indeed, that is true. However, Jesus ran for you, and the prize is yours. That was our daily devotions by Pastor Tim Dodson. For more information about Pastor Tim and JF Believers Church, visit jfbelievers.com.